Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan. And it's me, Rachel Lindsay. A little bit of news for you guys, just so you know, Higher Learning now has, or not now, but coming up this Thursday, we'll be launching Higher Learning social media handles on both the old Twitter sphere and the Instagram. They're live now. You, you, you can oh, excuse me. Well, get it together. Jackson. Jackson. I don't want no. people to feel like they're not live yet. Exactly. Thank you, Jackson. Oh, now. Thank Follow you, Jackson. Now. Okay. You can do it again if you want. Ja- Jackson, do you want, I mean, do you, what, what do, you, do you want? What else? Is, is there anything else you need to do while I'm trying to do the podcast? Thank you, Jacksonian. <laughs> uh, yes, well, they're live now on Twitter at uh, higher underscore learning, on Instagram at higher learning, all one word, if you want to be an active part of the Thought Warrior community. What we're going to start doing is uh, the mailbag, stop DMing them to us now. DM them to or ask them via hashtag mailbag mm-hmm. on Twitter or or DMing them to the social uh, at Higher Learning on Instagram. So we want to grow those socials up there right now. Uh, both of those are great. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Rach! Van, Van, you're wearing a red hat with white letter writing on it. Can I see the front of it? It says Los Angeles. The front. The front of the hat? Why? Oh! oh <laughs> you, if you were walking right, around right. with that in public? All right. No, it's okay. Mario Saints. No, I lost you for a second. Oh, my God. No, but honestly, if you were walking around like that from a distance, people would be alarmed. They'd be alarmed. From a distance. <laughs> you look like a Trump supporter. And we want nothing to do with you from a distance. I love that song. How was your weekend? <laughs> My weekend was short because I had to work the Grammys on Sunday. Right. But um, other than that, it was good. Friday, took a day to myself. Saturday, my girl was in town from Texas. She's got a new show. Y'all got to check it out. America's Most Wanted. It's got a reboot. Starts actually tonight. Premieres. Competes oh, okay. with The Bachelor. Okay. America's yeah. Most Wanted. Two of America's Most Wanted. Hey. Um, <laughs> uh, just real quick, who are the rappers that were on Two of America's Most Wanted? Quick. Pac. Quick. Okay. Yeah. Who else? Snoop. 
All right. Just making sure. Y'all see how he does me? Like, picture I perfect. might not I be as well picture. versed in... Who's your position? I'm just, just with you with okay. this double okay. OP. Got all my homies in the bomb act, nigga. Chill what would you chill have... Enough. Van, what would you have done if I had been like Snoop and Biggie? Trudy? What would you have Put Trudy in? <laughs> or actually, I can't put Trudy in. I can't... You know what? I can't put Trudy in. I can't do that. I would have left. Because this is our podcast. I can't give somebody, but I would have left. I'd have been like Jackson, who he obviously wants to take the podcast over. So Jackson, just take the podcast over and continue to do the podcast. Um, So there was a little bit of Atchelor news that we have to hit on. Just a little bit of Atchelor. A little bit of Atchelor news. We're almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done with the Atchelor. Chris Harrison, not on the Atchelorette. Going to be replaced. Why are with, we? Why are we referring to it this way? Because I got a red hat on, so you know. Okay. Actually, so, actually, wait. But that would make if I got the red hat on, that would yeah, mean I would double it's down that on the you bees. put the bees on the seat. Yeah, come on now, yeah, come, on, come on, get it right. Hey, hey, man! Shout get out to right. all my homies around LA putting in work, doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry I messed up with the politics and the wah 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 wah. Um. Uh. So yes, he. Uh, <laughs> It's so <laughs> whack you just did that. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, Chris Harrison off The Bachelorette and now they replace him with Taysha and who else? Caitlin. Caitlin. Taysha and Caitlin. Uh, right. boy, boy, does Taysha photograph well. Uh, Taysha and, Ka- <laughs> and Caitlin. We're not going to spend too much time on it. We've already spent oodles of time on it. What do you yes. think? Listen, I, you want my opinion on it? I don't really sure. have anything to say. I'm opinioned out when it comes to this, except for my opinions on After the Final Rose, which we will reserve till the next podcast this week. Sure. Listen, everybody keeps saying, oh my gosh, Chris Harrison, you, and you know I know this because they've, they're attacking me on social. Yeah. You got Chris Harrison fired. He's canceled. Cancel culture. I need people to uh, read the statement. I need I people to understand what's happening. He has not been fired. He said he was going to step aside. It's a new season that has already started filming. Okay? Chris Harrison has stepped aside to educate himself. The show supports him on that. So he is not on this current season. He can't get educated in the way that he needs to in one week. So Caitlin and Taysha are stepping in. They are not hosts. They aren't co-hosting. They're stepping in to facilitate this season and give advice and host dates and yeah, and good for them. Good I actually them. disagree that he can't do the education and be on the show at the same time. I don't think that's true. Okay, well, there's a whole group of people that agree with you on that. It's you not. Ever, of course, he could do both. Yeah. But then what? But but if there's consequences for your actions, then hopping into the next season isn't stepping aside. And I think the 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 show is trying, and the franchise is trying to put out a message that he's getting. You know, these are repercussions to his actions. Look, look, I actually think this is letting him off the hook too easy. You know, giving him Wait. all this free time to go do his African-American studies, his <laughs> niggaology. From, from his race educator. Or whatever he is, has to do. You ever heard of correspondence courses? Do you know what those are? Oh, of course. Of course. So back in the day, kids that went to school and they would go to summer school, some kids didn't want to go to summer school. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to get their summer up. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they took the correspondence course. You know, it was they, we didn't have online, right? So you send off for stuff. Yeah. They send it back. You get a packet. You study it, and then you go take a test. You did this. 
I didn't, but I knew oh. people who did. Okay. You know what I mean? I knew people who did the correspondence courses. And I always be like, you know, we'd be playing or something like that. And they'd be like, I got to go home. I got school at 6 p.m. I'd be like, what the hell you mean you got school <laughs> at 6 p.m.? Because you're doing a correspondence course as well as going to McKinley. Right. Think about what kind of life Chris Harrison would have had if during the day he had to do the bachelorette, right? And then during the night, he had to learn about Kwanzaa. Like, think about the interesting tidbits that he could drop throughout the bachelorette. It would think to, about how to, to the to the contestants that it, uh, it would be it would be so crazy. Stop. I'm not even entertaining this. Kwanzaa. Look, it would be even... so it would be Kwanzaa or whatever else. It would be so crazy, right? It would be so crazy to just watch him integrate everything he's learning that day with in real time with what's going on on The Bachelor, right? He could do that later. He could, but it would be it's not gonna be the same. All right, because now it would be fresh on his mind. He'd be talking to the girls. He'd be like, um, listen, uh, we have some snacks out here for you ladies. We have some champagne and we have some peanuts. Interestingly enough. <laughs> no, no, not peanuts. The peanut <laughs> was really the, the singular driving force of the genius of a man named George Washington Carver who came up with various different ways to utilize this amazing lagoon known as a peanut. Did you guys know that? And did you also know that George Washington Carver was a black man? Interesting moment for the show. Doesn't even have to be that way. It could Can be you enough. imagine? I just want you to sit back and digest that for a second. I'm fucking Can with Can you that. imagine if there I were like breaks that. where he would pause and give the audience black history? I love that. That's that's the idea. See, this is the stuff that they're not thinking of, which is why I should be a part of this. Actually, this is it's why you should not. This is the stuff that they're not thinking of. Like, think about it. He's sitting there, and and uh, and the guy runs in and to save. Like, think about it. When Dale saved Claire, when 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 uh, when Dale saved Chip, right? Claire, yeah, from Yosef. From from Yosef, right? Dale runs in. And he goes, "You came in like a swashbuckler." Speaking of swashbuckling, novels like. The Count of Monte Cristo and Three Musketeers featuring characters such as the Count and D'Artagnan were written by Alexander Dumas. Did you know that Alexander Dumas was a black man? Boom! And like people get a little bit of you're, you're not you're not you're not really you're not giving the idea any oxygen is what you're not doing. You're not in any way thinking. See, that's the you know problem. What would be, you know what would be so much greater? That's not what? the problem. Rather than giving us a history lesson or a sentence or two of something that you learned of a, of a historical black figure, I'd rather like him, I'd rather like to hear him say something along the lines of listening to somebody's conversation to be like, actually, you shouldn't say that. That's a microaggression. Let me give you another example of that. No, you see what I'm saying? I don't, I don't that's want, what I want. Woke. Wait, that's I'm what against- I want. Oh, did it's you say woke? woke? Did you woke. say woke? Yeah, I'm against the. I'm not. I'm against the woke mob, Rachel. Chris, like it's it's, Chris. it's too like Chris. the woke mob. Who are Chris. you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all love, guys. It's all love. Everything's gonna be okay. Oh, this will like, be a headline. This will be in a subreddit. Like it's it's all love, guys. I promise. I promise. I know they're not gonna do the Black History Minute on The Bachelor or The Bachelor. It actually would be so hysterical if they did, though. It's so hysterical. It would be funny. I'll, it would be funny. 
be very fun. All right, that's enough. That's enough time on The that's Bachelor. Enough. That's enough. Uh, so. Would you like to predict who's going to win? The, the Matt's Bachelor? Who's going to win? The, 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 right, Rachel Kirkendale. That's your prediction? Okay. Yeah, I think that's the worst kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's the I think that's pretty much the worst kept okay. secret. Are they together or not? Right now, I would have to say they're probably not together. Okay, I, I would say no. And uh, oh, and, on Thursday, will you rate Emmanuel Acha? Yes, I will. Okay. Oh, uh, you want me to weenie roast him, or should I? Well, he might not. Rule? He might not make the weenie roast. I mean, he might. You might. He might have a zero or one. Yeah, I mean, I, look, he's not. He, he doesn't have a high weaning percentage, like not not that I've seen. You know what I mean? changes people. It I does, too, it, it does. Might have rated a five or six. We have when to. I was on the best track. I, I, I have not, to go back and look. I have to go back I, and look. Absolutely not. That's not. You know what happening. I'm going to do? I'm going to go back no. and look, and then give you a weekly winning rating. You got. You know what? You got season. things to do. And speaking of right. things to do, speaking right, of things to do, mm-hmm. let's take the moment to recognize one of our own. Okay. Last? Yes, man. We got some exciting wow. news this morning. Did you yes. were you up? Let me tell you. Let me let me ask you questions like I ask people on the on, on extra. Let's do Van, it. Van, for those of you who are late to the party and who don't know, our own Van Lathan has been nominated for an Academy Award. Oh. Van, Thank you. who is yes. the first person who told you that you were nominated for an Oscar? It was Kalika. Five in the morning? Yep, she pounced. Tears, crying. She pounced like a little mouse. And she goes, Van, it happened. You nominated for an Academy Award. She pounced. And I I literally went, oh, that's dope. And then I turned over and like went back to sleep. No. I'll be honest with you. I couldn't be more happy and humble and honored, but I was so tired because it took me so long to get to sleep last night. I was so anxious. I was so anxious, man. I was so anxious last night. Okay, but now you can let that go. Oh, now I can let it go. So you can let it go. So how does it feel? Honestly, like how what like I'll I'll probably never know what it is to be nominated. Okay, so let's stay right there. Okay, let's stay right there because I have a story about that. Okay, Okay. all right. So you don't know that. You're right. I don't know that. Okay, and so let's stay right there. Okay. So so. Being a, I would watch the Academy Awards as a kid, right? Every show, every time. Wow. Every year. Uh, my love for film and my love for storytelling is something that's deeply rooted within me. It, uh, it transformed my brain to different places. You know, uh, I would just, a lot of times, home life was chaotic. Growing up in Baton Rouge, a lot of times it was chaotic. But then I would, like, watch movies with guys with uh, lightsabers moving things around with their mind or movies about amazing-looking, talented, artistic Black people in Harlem or whatever they might exist. Uh, Stories about all over the place, and I would get lost in them. And it's, like, really how the narrative of my life was was woven— through film, mm-hmm. through people telling their stories and sharing their experiences. That's why I'm so interested in hearing people's stories and where they're from and, like, you know, what their parents are and all that stuff like that. I just love stories. So every year I would watch the Academy Awards, every single year. And when I moved to Los Angeles, 
the one of the first places I lived was on the corner of Franklin and La Brea, mm-hmm. which is right around the corner from the Dolby Theater. And when you live there for about a month and a half around the time of the Academy Awards, it's just chaos. Months, like a couple of a couple of weeks before, a month before, they're setting up, and then uh, a week after, they're breaking it down. And then, like, you're right there, and you mm-hmm. see it. Like, people are, it happens to people. They get nominated for things. It's not some weird, ethereal thing that only exists out there in some land that you can't access, right? It, it happens. It's real for people, and they're, they're, they're doing the whole thing about it. So I'm in TMZ one day and, you know, I'm in TMZ one day and I'm having a, uh, where there's some debate happening in the office and the debate is about, uh, it's about somebody's Academy Award. I, I guess it's who should have won, what should have happened, where things should have gone, how it should have went, right? Something like that. And it's either me or Harvey or me or somebody else who are going back and forth over this. and. Somebody in the office goes, well, we can stop talking about that because that's something that's never, ever going to happen to any of us. We'll never have that problem. And right away, I thought to myself, and I said out loud, you don't know that. Like, and it was a a wake-up moment for my adult life. I was like, you don't know. You don't know what I can't do or what's not going to happen for me. You don't tell me what my ceiling is. Right. Because I don't, I don't even know that, right? Like, you, you don't know that. And people are looking around and they're, they're, they're wondering why I'm taking this so personally is because, and I, I wasn't taking, it was an emo, emotional reaction because it was something that I wouldn't say that I've dreamt about my entire life, but as something that I've wanted to access. No, I did. Fuck it. No, I dreamt about my entire life. My entire life, I dreamt about it. My whole life, I dreamt about it. Yeah. My whole life, I wanted to believe that it could happen to me. And just being around somebody that was saying, that's never going to happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, you don't know that. There's no way you can know that. And I'm not about to live a life where I walk around counting the things that aren't going to happen for me. Now, it might have never happened, and it might never happen again, although it will. But I just wonder, and if there's anything that people, and I know I'm droning on, but if there's anything that people can take from what it is that is happening to myself, Trayvon Free, Jesse Williams, Martin Desmond Rowe, Nick May, uh, Diddy, Jesse Williams, Lawrence Bender, Zaria, Joey Badass, Andrew Howard, um, you know, uh, uh, Mickey, everybody that's involved is that all we did was take the idea, go get what we need to get, and then execute it. Mm. We just made it happen. Just about to say that. And everybody just worked. And everybody just believed. But it started with the belief that we could make something dope. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, and I don't want to like get like super emotional, but like, man, don't let nobody take your belief. 
Like, serious. I don't care who they are. Like, don't let nobody take your belief. I so wish you would get emotional right now because I can see that you're almost there. No, I see it because I feel like I could almost right, feel like I could right. almost get, I truly feel like I was nominated. I do. I felt that when I saw it. Like, I woke up. That's the first text that I saw this morning is that you were nominated. And that that's what, what Van just did right there in church. You call that a testimony. That's what that, that's exactly what that was. And, and honestly, Van, somebody who was just listening to this needed to hear that. Somebody t- was told that they couldn't do it, or maybe they told themselves, like I just said. I mean, I'm not, you know, trying to get Oscar, but I'm just I saying. Get it, yeah. Somebody too often we tell ourselves we can't do that. That's not going to happen, or we let somebody dictate that for us. Tell us how our lives are going to turn out. Um, so somebody needed to hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Please tell people if you haven't already where they can catch two distant strangers. Well, guess what? They can't catch it because we don't have any distribution yet. But the reality, the reality is that there are distributors that are lining up and you'll be able to see the movie very soon. But if you really want to see it, if you super badly want to see it, we're going to have some big screenings for people that can come watch the movie. Oh, I do want to, re- I do want to say one thing real quick. Friday night, there was a, a Thought Warriors clubhouse room. Okay? I didn't catch it. They invited me to the clubhouse room but I was so nervous the entire weekend that all I really did was kind of sleep and fret. So I was supposed to go into the clubhouse room. I did not get on clubhouse Friday night and go into the clubhouse room. I'm telling everybody that went there that maybe expected to see me, I am sorry. And I will be there and I will come to the next five. I, 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 but I couldn't appreciate more. Rachel, I know that you feel the same way. The fact oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are conversations being had about the pack, podcast on these various apps. I love it. Um, so I definitely, definitely will show up into the, the the Higher Learning Clubhouse chat room. Can I also just say that I now fully understand your disappointment in me when I haven't seen movies. I understand why you take it personal because of how it is so intertwined in your life. And I'm like, no, never see it. Never, never cared to. Um, yeah. Like I just, I would sit around and, you know, I would, I just, I had such a weird childhood. I would read encyclopedias and watch movies. And then one day it may be like, cause I always noticed, but one day I remember I can remember this like yesterday. It was a girl and she walked by in some pink shorts. They were like bike shorts. And I was like, yo, her ass is moving. And boom, that was it. My life changed. After I'm that, sorry, how did we get there? I'm just saying. <laughs> like that was that was the end of wonderment. Because when puberty hits, your brain is like, pew, pew. So you put the encyclopedia up. down. Is what put the saying. encyclopedia down. <laughs> Follow that thing. <laughs> Follow that thing. Shoot up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and and, I, and my game at that at that at that like at that age was so whack too. Why I was so it whack. Be on point. Who had I, who had great game at like twelve? This is crazy. I see girls out there doing their things. I'll be. I come out there like, hey, y'all want to play some kickball? You know what I'm saying? That was that was the game. It was trying to get them involved in a sport. You kickball know? probably would have got me. Kickball, you would have succumbed to the kickball game? I would have succumbed to the kickball game. Man, play kickball. You know what I'm saying? Play kickball. All right, uh, we have a very special guest right now. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, Lil Mo 
Yes. R&B queen. Some of the anthems that you've heard or put it on me with Ja Rule. Uh, Sakatuni. Hot Boys. Like all of these joints. You know what I mean? Well, I think, I don't think she sings on Sakatuni, yes. but I think she's in a video. Oh, yeah, she does sing on Sakatuni. I think she uh, does. Uh, but Lil Mo, who's been through some ups and downs in her career, but is so brave and forthright in discussing everything that mm-hmm. she's been through and everything that she's going to do. We're going to have her in a second on Higher Learning when we take a quick break. Be right back. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Yo, we have royalty in the house. We actually do. Um, Somebody that's been doing their thing in music, man, for a long, long time. Got a brand new album coming out. You guys all know the voice, you know, from so many different things. You know what? So many of these records take me back to a time. It's, I got actually a story to a little Mo record. I don't know if I could tell it on the podcast, but that you yeah. have to now. Now that you just yeah. said that, you have no, to tell it because no, I want to know. No, is is I don't want to implicate nobody. Maybe by the end of it, if we really vibe it. But and first of all, before we even get to that, give it up for little Mo's joining us today on Higher Learning. <laughs> how hey. are you doing? The, how you doing today, sister? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. Oh, I hear the Baltimore. We're great. We're great. You know the vibe. I hear the Baltimore. <laughs> I hear the Baltimore. Hey, you like? See, I I'm doing good. Yeah. How about you? Like the Baltimore. You? Yeah, I hear the Baltimore. <laughs> um. So, you got brand new stuff coming out. Uh, yeah. But you are like a you know a household name to all of us because of the work that you've done throughout the course of your career, the time that you've been on. Uh, our television screens. Mm-hmm. Like, tell us about, like, the beginning of your career. Because if somebody was to ask the question, because you were huge, yeah. gigantic, like, everywhere. Big records on your own, on everybody else's records. Mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. Did that, how did you get to that point where it seemed like so quickly to get that hot? What was that like? Honestly, I to this day, I don't know how I got to that point because, like I tell people, it started out literally as a joke. I didn't have a demo tape. I didn't have a manager. I didn't have anybody connected in the industry besides, honestly, Missy Elliott hearing some of my, I guess, demo CDs that I used to send up to Electra, and the rest is history. I can accredit my name being Little Mo to my uncle being John P. Key. But even with that, for me John to take P. off the Key? way I did, yeah, that's my uncle. That's how I started singing at the wow. age of 15, touring, you know, in high school, brain hair during the week, and then going on tour from Friday to Sunday, then going back to school. And uh, my dad would take me from Fayetteville to Charlotte, and we would tour the world literally within three days and we would drive because my uncle does not get on the airplane. Mm. So it was just like, it was 
destined to happen because I think I spoke it into existence when I was like four years old saying I would be a singer or a superstar. But never in my life did I think that at the age of 19 in hair school that I would be calling Missy Elliott from a payphone in Green Acres Mall, Valley Stream. And she said, yo, you want to go on the road? And I'm like, yes. Well, when can you get here? Uh, now. So it's just like <laughs> I moved around and like destiny happened that day from getting my, I remember getting my nails done and using a payphone. I had a beeper. So the rest is history. I used to literally watch Martin and be like, oh, I could do radio. Oh, he's crazy. So I just talked my way into the game and I just mm. been finessing ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you, what do you mean when you say it was a joke? Because I literally, call, like the way I got in touch with a lecture was I was calling up there and like, yo, y'all owe my people some checks. So they was like, who is this person calling Eric? And like, like we owe somebody some money. So I was like, yeah, we sent some demo tapes up there and y'all owe us a check. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yo, and Rick, Brown, Rick Brown was Merlin Bob's assistant. So I used to be calling up there barking. So when they met me in real life, they was like, this little person is was the one that was like calling up, like I'm coming up there. Like I really thought I was on some shit night things like that. And so right. when they met me, they was like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. Like I'm 4'11". I probably did have probably like 112 pounds with wet clothes on. So I, 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 I popped shit on my way into the game. And then after that, when I realized me and Missy was the same height, I was like, yes, it's up from here on out. Right. So... From there, you do records with Missy. You do everybody. records with like everybody. Like, name some yeah. of the people. Like who who was who was hot. Like name some of the people. Just just rejob people's memories that you did records with at that. Missy, Jay Z, Whitney Houston, Tupac. He was already he was already going on the glory. But I was doing records with him, and I was just like, oh wow, that's crazy. Because I really wanted to get in the industry to meet Tupac. So okay. I started getting tattoos and everything because I was like, oh, I'm gonna be the female Tupac. But my uncle was the one, I wanted to be a rapper, but my uncle was the one that told me to sing because he was like, you'll last longer. And mm. I'm so glad that I took his advice because he was like, I don't think you realize that your voice will like take you a long way. Like you could rap, your, you could rap, but it's something about singing and touching the people with your voice that will, honestly, I've, I've been here for two decades. So he was right. So I guess my question is, you go, you're smoking hot and everything yeah. is, is is popping off. Yeah. So when people say, yo, man, what happened to Lil Mo? Like, what's the answer to that question? What do you think the answer to that question is? Not that you ever went anywhere, yeah. sister, but I'm just oh, saying. No, oh, you went somewhere. Oh, you went somewhere? Okay. So like, yeah, well, like, I went somewhere. What's the answer to the question? Like, what happened to Lil Mo? I would say I happened to Lil Mo because like I said, I finessed myself in, but your gift will make room for itself, but you know, the finesse only gets you so far. And I got overwhelmed and I would say I let the industry get the best of me. So I took a, mm. a much needed hiatus. So then I started doing reality TV and then stuff started happening. I'm like, wait a minute, this wasn't part of the plan. Then I started doing radio and then I got fired and I was like, wait, this wasn't part of the plan. So I would get in the room and I would work it, but I didn't know how to keep myself there because I realized that you have to have a game plan for the next level. So one thing about me is just like, I was one of the people that'd be like, I'm gonna fight everybody in this bitch. Y'all not about to play with me. But I didn't realize I was taking business personal when I should have taken my business and my personal 
more personal. I was taking everything else personal. I was joining myself into things that I ain't had no business joining into. It ain't had nothing to do with me. But that, right. that's my personality. Like, I always was the underdog, so I fought for other underdogs, and I always wanted to see other people win. But I I, I talked my way out of a lot of situations because I was like, nah, we, we ain't on that type time. Like, I think I, I literally became Tupac. Is there one situation <laughs> in particular that you wish you would have done differently? Um, There's a couple. Honestly, my personal situations I would have done differently because those started making the blogs more than, I would say, my music. Once I started seeing that the bullshit was making the headlines more than the business, that's when I was just like, wait a minute. No, we got to change this narrative. So you would hear more about my marriage or my exes and things that I was going through more than I'd be, I would have to log on to see what the fuck was going on in my life. <laughs> I was like, oh, this nigga did it? I was like, I don't even know. <laughs> Loma, one, one of the things that you've been, I, I appreciate is your honesty. You're, you're so honest. You've been honest about like things that you've gone through, uh, whether it's in the industry, whether it's personally. And one of the things you've talked about is mental health and addiction. And yeah. you've, you've talked about being able to overcome that. I'm just curious if you could speak a little bit towards that, especially yeah. with the year that we've had and how you've yeah. been able to maintain that and um, continue to fight through it. You know what? I, um, I had a great conversation with a, a, a great friend of mine this morning who I haven't spoke to in almost three years, Cat Williams. Wow. And when, when he said, call me, I was like, OG said call. Like I was on the highway so excited because I was just like, I have my team and then I have my people on the side that I just be like, yo, let me make sure I'm doing the right thing. And for him to tell me that you're doing the right thing, because he saw me when I was going through the addiction and he never wanted to see me that way. That's why when certain things were happening with him, he was just like, you just make sure that you take care of the babies and you stay protected. And I wasn't protected out here for the simple fact that I was just running around in the trenches. Like literally, I used to be in the streets of North Philly. Now, mind you, I've lived everywhere in the world. Atlanta, North Carolina, daggone New York, and Baltimore. So I've seen both sides of the coin. So the addiction, I would say that when I was going through it, I didn't see it. But I went back to my social media because my manager was just like, you thought you was lit, didn't you? And I was looking back and I was just like, well, I don't know why I was doing this right here. And he was like, you was just posting any and everything and you look crazy. Why didn't nobody tell you that you look basically crazy. And I was like, I don't know. Right. I was like, nobody could tell me anything, I guess, at that point. So, like, like opioids, them things are a hell of a drug. Because you nowadays, you don't know what people are putting in them. And you don't know what you're getting. And I remember there was a time where someone had gave me a pill, and I'm pretty sure somebody else might have taken it and died, but God still wanted me to be here. So when I first took that specific pill, which was supposed to be a per 30, which I used to take so many to start my day. Like, I just remember like, this don't feel fake. I don't feel nothing. Then when I couldn't sleep for almost like three days, I was like, this ain't no ecstasy because I took X back in the day. Right. You know what I'm saying? We used to be lit. So I used to, I was like, bruh, I felt like I was going to die. So I started speaking up and out against opioids because I saw what it made me do. And I saw it make you feel like, like you're, you're bigger than what you are. Like 
I don't know. Maybe it was my Napoleon complex. I, it's hard to explain, but mm-hmm. that experience was like, nah, I don't want to feel like this no more. I thought I was going to die. And I was just like, oh my God, what would happen to my children if I left this earth? Like, you, you being so selfish, Mo, like you don't realize that you have a kid that's going to college and you have a kid that's going to kindergarten now, but like before then, it was just like, I love my children, but I didn't love myself enough to, to like, the f- I literally had to get to myself like, what the fuck is you doing to yourself? The things right. that I was accepting, the things that I was allowing, and now that I take full accountability for them, it was just like, it was the drugs, man. It was the, it was the drugs. Mm. So if God gives you a chance to, to get away from that, to pull away from that, self-medicating, trying to heal yourself through anything that honestly should not be ingested in your body, then you have to be a testimony and a testament for people that's looking up and out for you that's just like, yo, you're better than this. And the best thing that's happened to this pandemic, because my daughter's an honors psych major in college, looking at the 60% rise in suicide in the Black community suicide in the adolescent and teen community, looking at the opioid addiction amongst black women, black children, the black community as a whole. I was like, oh my God. Now I see why God brought me out of it because I got to spearhead this whole campaign to get people off these drugs because it's all in the mind. How did you get off of them? Like what, I mean, you, you, what, I mean, I understand it was a mindset that brought you out of it, but what did you have to do? Did you do rehab? Did you, yeah, did you see help? Like, how did you get yourself off of it? It was a collection of things. It was me being in the the marriage boot camp house. That was that was the tip of the iceberg. Um, really, marriage boot camp like, helped. Yeah, with Doctor V and Doctor Ish, they knew what was the vibes. They know what it was given. They knew what I was up to, and they knew why I was there. So even though I called myself trying to save a marriage that was already done with, right. but the check was lit. Let's just be real. I was like, I really wanted help for myself. I wanted to see if somebody else could see what I was feeling. And they knew. And there was a lot of things that didn't make the screens, but it was going on behind the scenes. And Dr. Ish told me, he was like, once you realize who you are, you're going to take over the world. So that's when I knew. I was like, oh, it's up and it's stuck. So literally, after I left that house on August 25th and on August 26th, when my ex, like, really spit on me and stuff like that. That's when I knew I had to make a 360 change. And so like literally for the past, what is it? 2021 for the past two years, I've been going hard for myself because I didn't want to lose myself there. Like in that, in the bullshit that I honestly put myself in. So I knew there was a bigger picture and there was a bigger mission and, and thing for me. So that's why I did the Savage. I'm doing the Savage Heart album and Broken Heart. Like a lot of things are coming from me literally starting from ground zero. Mm. So you mentioned, you just mentioned Broken Heart. Talk about your new mm. single. Tell us the inspiration behind it. Everything, child. I mean, <laughs> just for the past 20 years, me being a little mo, um, like I realized it just felt like I was saving people, but I was losing myself. So I had the Superwoman, the anthems, the Put It On Me's, the Forever's, like singing all the songs that are the biggest songs at weddings, but I can't stay married to save my got 
damn life. You feel me? So it was just like, I felt like I was living a lot. So I had to start from scratch. I had to reboot, reset. And I honestly am glad for the pandemic because I've been running for years straight. Like literally running all my life thinking I'm chasing a dream or a bag, but I was running for myself. I don't know what I was afraid of, but it was like, I, I didn't like what I was becoming. So Broken Heart came from a broken place, but it's not a sad girl anthem. It's honestly empowering and uplifting to the point. It's just like, when you get to the point, when you get to your lowest point, you ask God, like, well, what did I do? Like, is this my karma? Like, show, show me where I went wrong. Can I get a peek in the book of what you writing down for me or about me? Because they be saying, you know, in the church, they say, well, God knew what you was going to do before you did. And I'd be like, well, I wish he would have gave me a peek so I could at least, you know, switched it on up. But at the end of the day, God gives us, we all have that choice. And I made some bad choices. So Broken Heart came from a place where I was tired of making bad choices. Bad habits preceded me. Me not me knowing all the people at the top, but not getting invited to the lit shit, but getting invited to the ratchet shit because of my behavior. Now, I'm a good person, but I made some bad decisions. I wasn't raised that way, but I, I made those choices. So I made the choice to, to flip all that. So Broken Heart came from a place of me finding the greatest love of all within myself. And just as much as I thought and saw that I was going through things, is somebody going through something worse than me? We saw, I saw where uh, Vanessa Barnes said she hasn't forgiven God for what happened to COVID. I was like, whoa, that's deep. But I've been there. Not saying that I've lost a husband and a child that way, but I've lost whole families. I got three baby daddies. Let's just be real. But I don't claim them. I just claim my kids. Like we just related to the same kids. So it's just like, (laughs) it is what it is. I just realized I was making bad history and patterns and decisions that I don't even want my children to make. So broken heart came from that. So honestly, I broke my own heart chasing something that I know I ain't had no business around or allow in my space. So I'm trying to just, you know, change my whole narrative and get that all back because I owe that to myself. Now, we talked about the fact that your rise in the industry was meteoric. So many hits, so many records you were on. Um, Is there anything that you learned about the industry when you got into it that you weren't, that you, you, you wasn't, you that you weren't prepared for. Is there anything Everything. you weren't prepared for? Like what, what, what was the thing, the the biggest thing that, that shocked you or that you weren't ready for just being new on the scene like that? Shoot, or, that everything. You, or that you would tell, or that you would warn a young artist about? Everything. Because <laughs> I, thought, I thought that all I had to do was sing and that, then that was it. But I didn't realize the business side. I didn't realize the importance of not burning certain bridges. I didn't realize the importance of sometimes sitting down and taking my ass home. I didn't realize sometimes just like listening and paying attention because I I think I always play, I always blame it on me being a Scorpio. It's just like, I think for people, I always feel that I have to be ahead of the game and this and that. I do believe that I've always been ahead of my time. But one thing I didn't take serious was that you have your gift and you have the business. Your gift is going to make room for you, but the business, like you have your own lane and, and stick with that. But I was so busy. I don't know. I was just, I was just all over the place. And for new artists coming in, I would just always say that 
Stay true to who you are. You don't have to be like everybody else. I can do what they can do. They can't do what I can do. And I realize that. Like, I know I can't dance, but I can sing. I know there's just a lot of things. I know my weaknesses and I know my strengths. And I should have focused more on my strengths instead of showing the world my weaknesses. You feel me? So it's just like, I'm just glad that I'm still around that I could I could reel it on in. So to the new artists, I just be like, keep keep going. I, I let up. I shouldn't have never took my foot off nobody's neck. Period. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I, I fight myself about that so much because it was just like, bitch, you let everybody past you, but not this time, not no mm. more. We're we're excited that you're back. We're excited that you have your new single. You just talked Thank about you. new artists. We had the yeah. Grammys uh, just this week. Are you excited about the future of R&B music? And, and who are you excited about specifically right now? Back to the air. I, I love this generation because I love the fact that people like, oh, we want that 90s R&B back. And I was like, well, we was in the 90s and the 2000s. Everybody wanted the 60s back. It's not coming back. Let it be. For those who remain, God bless them. I'm glad to be in the number. I'm glad that God has preserved me and my looks. And I got kids in this generation that will tell me <laughs> Mom, no, that nobody cares. Nobody. My kids are my biggest critics. So I don't care right. what the world is. My son will tell me, no, Ma, sit your butt down. You're a mother. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it is what it is. But the artists that I'm looking forward to and that I love, they vibe, there's so many from like the Post Malones, the Billie Eilishes, the Coily Rays, the Summer Walkers. The I call them slack, but my son be like, it's black, Mom. And I'm like, I, I love <laughs> Uh-huh. This generation of artists, the uh, what's Blue David? What's his name? They say time is Young Blue. Young like, Blue. <laughs> young See, Blue. you almost say, went back to the you almost went back to the BMF days right there. You said Blue Da Vinci. You almost, <laughs> <laughs> she I almost got, went back to the. B- <laughs> I almost got caught slipping. Right. I just love the direction that is going because. It's blending the old with the new. The sounds have changed. You don't have to do a hundred background vocals and ad libs all over the place. Like with Broken Heart, with my single, I just say straight through, through my pain, one track. My son is so hype. He did the backgrounds. Oh, and, word. Oh. Yeah. Like, so he, he's the future. He He's about to make his right. Bye. Is that Justin? <laughs> yeah. That's Justin. <laughs> he was poor because he knows He said, well, people know me, mom. I told you they want to see me. Uh, <laughs> because that's that's gonna be that's gonna be the, the biggest beef in, in history because my son was like uh, but you know what he gets that from me it's just like i told you they want to see me i told you who they want to come see so i'm making room like i'm putting myself back out there again so that he'll have a chance but i told him it's not going to be easy for you you're going to have to work three times as hard as me because a lot of people are going to say oh well he just gets it easy because of who his mother is no you're going to have it harder because on the the, the shit that I've done, so you, it's going to fire back and fall back on you. So you just got to be ready because the world is unforgiving. And now we have social media. So you do something crazy or raggedy or wrong, or I do something that's going to fall on you and you can't fight everybody. You got to sure. learn when to just fall back and just be like, take the bitter with the sweet, take the, you pick your battles wisely. Cause I put myself in some battles that I shouldn't even join into, but I'm a fighter. And I'm a right. lover, but now we we changing all that. Let's let's talk about that real quick. You said mm-hmm. that you burned some bridges. If there was one bridge that you burned that you could build back, what would what what would that be? What who 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 would that be with? It's not even a personal bridge. It's just like when I started doing radio, 
because I I was inside the industry, I realized when I would have to do like celebrity gossip or stuff like that, or just be, you know, give the rundown, I'd be like, nope, I was there. So I know this person was giving, like, I already know this person. So why would they, I would always wonder like, why is y'all doing dumb shit? Like I esteem y'all to up here and you're acting like down there, but I was doing the same thing. So it was just like, there was like artists that to this day, I'm just like, I don't even know you in real life. So why are you mad at me? Because you did some dumb stuff. But at the end of the day, like if I, if I would have known then what I know now, not saying there were any people that were off limits, but I wouldn't even give them any kind of like time to even report the, the crazy stuff that they was doing. Because at the end of the day, I was doing crazy stuff and people mm-hmm. like, well, you don't talk about your stuff. And I was like, yes, I did. But I was, I honestly wasn't doing nothing crazy. It was people around me, but it was a reflection of me. So now it's just me and my kids and my manager that just be out here <laughs> ru- just running around and making it happen. I learned less is more. Word up. Mm-hmm. This year, later this year, you're celebrating the 20th anniversary of your debut album. It's crazy. Crazy. Now you're dropping a new single this year. So still doing yeah. music 20 years later. You don't see that that often in this industry. What does yeah. that mean to you? Knowing that you're celebrating that anniversary, but then also putting out new music. It means a lot because honestly, if it was up to me, I would have quit a long time ago, but it was just something in me that just kept me going. It was just like, honestly, sis, this all you know. Like, I've never had another job in my life besides doing, you know, it's always been entertainment. I've never had a regular job that I could go back to. I never went to law school like I wanted to. So, oh, you know, girl, it's I like, did that. Don't do that. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is all you know. This is your love. This is your passion. So don't give up. So with that, it's like, it was a lot of labels who were like, you know, didn't want to do bi- not saying they didn't want to do business, but I was so used to getting the big bucks. Like Sylvia Rowe used to cut checks. Cash money was cutting checks. So when you go to a label now and you play a music and they don't see the vision, you just like, wait, bitch, I done been in this game for this many years. And they think that you're not the wave no more. Then you'd be like, you know what? You're right. Now watch this. So then I reinvented myself. And it's just like all of my relationships, I'm carrying them over. And, and adding a 10. So I think I got another 20 years left in me because like, that's how hard I go. So with the music and my sound, like I still sound like when I first came out, but it don't sound old. You know, like some people voices be, be old and weird. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad that my, my voice is still <laughs> youthful and I can still, like I still. When you say stuff glad. like that, I still want to be like, who are you talking about? No, it's just I like you're not gonna say, but I want you to. No, but it's just like you know, like there are tones that when music changes, there are certain tones that just won't be conducive to this generation. Mm-hmm. So I realized that there was a time I just thought that my voice was—I didn't want to sound old. Like doing, I would say we used to do literally five, 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 thirty backgrounds. That's crazy. And then a lead track, then an ad lib. Fucking nuts. So it's just like you don't have to do that no more. You have to right. know. Like, right. When I say, and then we didn't have the access. Like today, you could push it. You could do it from your phone and delete it right yeah. there. You would have to start from scratch. Oh. So because the industry has changed so much, 
it's like I, I'm glad that finally I get to be all I could damn be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I do have to ask you about one thing. It's not mm-hmm. so positive. A couple of years ago, you got in some hot, hot water over a Breakfast Club interview that you had did. You remember this when you talked about R, the R. Kelly situation and his accusers. Do you remember this interview? Yeah, I remember it, but I forgot what I had said, so remind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were talking about I, let my- me just let me just let you know that's when I that's when sis was living, uh, living love. So ain't okay. no telling. So okay. you remind okay. me. Okay. So um they they brought up the R. Kelly situation, uh, and you said, I'm very overprotective of my children. So with the R. Kelly situation, like with the parents, I'm like, oh, like, are you serious? She said, you said you give 88% of the blame to the parents asking who was around to monitor the R. Kelly uh, situation. And a, a lot of people took that. And you also said during that interview, um, you you said, it, it get, honestly, it gets to the point to where I, you say I ain't see nothing because when that's your partner, you're right talking about the R. Kelly situation and how you always had people's backs, but you felt like nobody ever had your back. People mm-hmm. got mad when you said that, seeming as if that you were giving R. Kelly an out for some of the things mm-hmm. that he was accused of and then later convicted of. Do you see mm-hmm. why people were upset about yeah. what it was that you said? You do. You do see why people were upset. Yeah, of course. But coming from, from my background, because I've been through molestation it's just like yeah like I've survived a lot so because I didn't give that backstory then when asked and put on the spot right then it's just like okay this is my take on it because it's just so many ways that this could go but this is this is the best way to break it down I have I'm a mother of five I can't watch everything that they all do but I can monitor it. So when my daughter leaves out the house, my daughter's 18, she's technically an adult. So when she leaves out the house, all I can do is pray that she takes what I've given her as a mother, that she's learned from me as a parent, and that she doesn't make the same mistakes that I made. I have a daughter that's 16. She's more, what do you call it? She's a recluse, so she stays to herself. So I've always wondered, is everything okay? Like, I'm real overprotective. So if my daughters are going somewhere or doing some things, I'm going to have that intuition be like, like, where they at? I've never in my life dropped my kids off to nobody else's house. It's just some accountability as a parent that I felt that there was a lack thereof. And then different stories that I was getting from people that were on the inside. I was like, well, people, parents were just dropping it. And I'm like, what? Mm. So I didn't understand that. Right. But I just think that it was just like Can I ask you something, so Mike? Can I ask you something? Yeah. I didn't know that about And I've never hi- met him a day in my life. Right. I didn't know that about your history. Is it possible yeah. that you reacted and blamed the parents, which R. Kelly is a vile piece of shit. But is it possible that you reacted and blamed the parents because you wish that there might have been somebody there to protect you in the situation that you had gone through? Looking back, because I never told my parents what was happening. My dad actually found mm. out when we did the Diva Longs on R&B Divas. Mm. 
So I carry that trauma and that PTSD and that anger around, like nobody protected me when this was happening. The only person I felt protecting me then was my cousin because the same thing happened to my sister. My sister told my cousin, my cousin went to the person and was like, if you touch anybody in my family again, I'm going to kill you. So it was just like, where were those type of people? Like, no, I always felt like, I know that people are sneaky, but I'm just like, nobody sees what's going on. But I always felt like, oh my God, he's not the only one. It's so much of it running rampant in the industry. Now we have social media where you can pretty much expose people and post everything. But it was just like, there was a part of me that was just like, I'm glad my parents never accepted us, like we weren't allowed to even be in grown folks conversation, let alone be around grown folks. So I honestly felt for the victims or what happened. I'm just like, dang. So it just felt like they were put in harm's way. Uh. Then watching like so many things over the years. I watched the Jerry, what was the name? Jerry Epstein thing. I'm just like, dang, it just goes from somebody planting that seed and then it just, hey, you want to go over here and do this? Da, 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 da. Like it, it just so much. And I think it came from a hurt place. That's why I was just like, I'm just real cognizant now on how I deal with those type of subjects because I, I came out of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm Man. glad you had the chance to explain that because you never know what people go through or what, exactly. they, what, or what they've been through. Um, advantage of a follow-up? I'm sorry. No, that was some real shit. No, yeah. go, go, no, no, go, yes. go ahead. But I'm woman yeah. enough to admit that I was wrong for saying yeah. it like that. But I did yeah. not. That's that's what I'm saying. I ain't mean it like that. But it's just like I admit I was wrong because I wasn't there. And honestly, it wasn't none of my business. And you under, and you understand though how. Well, I will say it is kind of it's our business to protect black yeah, girls. To yeah, protect. yeah, to protect black girls. But you understand why giving R. Kelly any oxygen or latitude with anyone. Is going to upset and enrage a lot of people. You like you get to the it. end. Now yeah. I see. Right. Well, yeah, I but, see. but like yeah. you said, you re- you're you're saying you were wrong. You're recognizing right. that, but then explaining yeah. why you gave the answer sure. that you did. Let me ask you this. Um, let's spin it to a more positive note. What's next for you? What's yeah. next? Yep. Well, besides Broken Heart, that's streaming on every platform. It's like the world is my oyster at this point. I want to do everything that. First of all, I'm coming back for my respect. So with that, excuse me. Okay. It's like, because I lost a lot of my respect for myself because I was just like doing anything. But we put a a cap on that. It's just like, nah, I've turned down, this whole pandemic, I've turned down reality TV shows. I was like, nope, I'm putting myself in a different light. So with that, I get to do everything I want to do. So not only am I releasing the Savage Heart album project Mm -hmm. that I've been working on and my team, we just like, we got some new music coming. I've also uh, tapped in with the other band, Van Jones and his team for the prison reform because Amazing. I have family. Yeah. Like, I always wanted to be a, a lawyer. So since I can't uh, get my Esquire, it's just like I'm still going <laughs> to fight for those that are innocently sitting behind bars right. over the weirdest charges or violations. I'm like, this this cannot continue. Great work so, they're doing over there, reform. Very much so. Shout so out I was a Jones. part of the empathy. Um, project that they had going on. So I'm moving forward with that. And it's just like, I know that I'm the voice that can be heard. So I want to be sure that this time I'm saying good things and I'm using my empathy and I'm using my voice for the right thing. Because even if I'm not speaking, if I tweet it or put it out there in the atmosphere, 
that stuff comes back. Sure. And you can get canceled for something you said 20 years ago. Right. You feel me? So it's just like, I'm trying to do my part to do the right thing and uplift at this point. Now, don't sleep, sis. Sis still on go, but it's for a good reason. <laughs> for real. Because, you know, once you come back, everybody's like, oh, she on deep in. And it's just like, nah, I, I, I'm just more passionate and empathetic of, like, the damage that I've done. So I want to be real sure that my sin don't trickle down to my kids or that they don't have to pay uh, for some of the things that I've done. You feel me? All right. All right. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm I'm looking forward to the music. Always love your voice. Thank I want you. I also want to see you back. I want to see you and Ja get back on. I want to see you back with Missy. I want to see. I like that shit. See, yeah, I just spoke to Fab yesterday, so Hell yeah! That's amazing. Like that's that was amazing. You get back with Fab. All right. Um, yeah. seriously, it was a pleasure to talk to you and really to get yes. uh, um an understanding of some of the things that you've overcome. And I, you know, despite whatever you might hear, man, you're a big part of of a lot of our cultural DNA. Mm-hmm. You know, we we, we root you. for you. Just 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 keep going. Thank you. Right. Now I appreciate that. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you so much. No Lil problem. Mo. Thanks for having me. No problem. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Uh, I didn't know half of that shit. Gotta be honest with you. Yeah. And I I, I just appreciate just how willing she is to be open about what she's been through. You know, same way I told you somebody needs to hear hear that. Somebody needs to hear what she had to say, too. So thank you, Lil Mo, for coming on, talking with us, being so open. Of course. And then saying she wants to do more. To do more. We love that. We love people who love us. So (laughs) here's the thing. Uh, I was intrigued by a story that happened these past couple of days. Uh, there is a new excuse for racism that I've never seen before. <laughs> it's this not funny. Great. It's oh, not I'll funny. tell you something. Racism is having a hilarious couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie. 
is is it wait is it that it's hilarious or are we just like you know what i no. just gotta laugh my way through this no these things I are just... legitimately funny i'm sorry <laughs> okay okay I, I, I don't care this this stuff is legitimately <laughs> funny so okay. what do we have we had greg mcdermott from creighton uh and the sorry. plantation joint the plantations and then what was it last week i can't remember what it was but really got us going on some hilariously racist stuff. It's going to pop in my head. I can't remember what it was. I can't either. But this week, it started disgusting, as racism always does, and it ended up hysterical. So Matt Rowan (laughs) is a high school basketball announcer who's calling a game down in Oklahoma. Shout out to my boy, Irv Rowland, for putting me on this. Uh, When one of the girls' teams uh, began to kneel. The girls' team began to kneel, and this guy did not know he was on a hot mic. And he used racial epithets, including the big one, the big kahuna, El Inwardio, uh, at those girls and criticized them for kneeling. Now, this went viral quick. This went viral faster than COVID, right? This went viral quick. Everybody. As it should. He yeah. has since issued an apology. The thing about the apology is not that he issued an apology. That was definitely coming. The thing about the apology was what he said in the apology. This is the apology. I, Matt Rowan, it is I, Matt Rowan, on Thursday, March 11, 2021, most regrettably made some statements that cannot be taken back. During the Norman High School girls basketball game against Midwest City, I made inappropriate and racist comments, believing that the microphone was off. However, uh, let me state immediately that there is no excuse for such comments and there's no excuse. Such comments should never have been uttered. Well, okay. Let me, this is, it reads, he's not the greatest writer. Let me state immediately that there is no excuse. There should be a comma there. Such comments should never have been uttered. I'm a family man. I'm married. I have two children. Didn't ask for your genealogy. Um, I uh, married, I have two children at one time was a youth pastor. I continue to be a member of a Baptist church. Right. Once again, none of it matters. I've not only embarrassed and disappointed myself, I've embarrassed and disappointed my family and friends. This is where this apology gets good. Not just good, but amazing. I will state that I suffered type 1 diabetes. Serious situation. And during the game, my sugar was spiking. While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual with my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I do not believe that I would have made such a horrible statement absent my sugar spiking. Now, God rest my mama's soul. God rest my mama's soul. She had sugar. Her whole life she'd say, I got sugar. I ain't never heard her lash out in any racial epithets over her diabetes. This man blamed his racism on type one diabetes. Yo, we in the we in the loopy zone, baby. We I give a, it to him for oh, the creativity. I give like it this. to him for being. No, I don't like it, but I'm just like, wow, that's a new one. I mean, my gosh, if that's what racism is, like, if that's all, if that's what if causes racism, then you know, like, we could fix it. That's it. Yeah. This man is the key. Yeah. Listen, when I saw, I saw you post this, I wasn't surprised at all 
by it, right? And mm-hmm. and I and like, but like Van, isn't that the problem? What that do you mean? We aren't shocked or surprised by this type of behavior. Like I saw it and I was like, huh? And another one. You right. know what I mean? Like it was just like another day. Yeah. Somebody else is just is calling us the N-words, mad at something we're doing, just exercising our right to stand up what we believe in and stand against something. Black girls, by the way. Black young This, is, this was a high school game. Women. Young women. So here, here, here's the question I have too. I, I, sure. I did too note as well that he let us know who his family was or that he's a family man and threw in church, which is why people question Christianity all the time when you throw something out like that. Problem. He made the entire statement about himself. At any point, did he apologize to those young girls? Did I did I miss that in the statement? Let's go look at it again. That I can't believe that Cause, I because I, I correct me if I'm wrong. There was no apology to the young women. There was no apology to the black community. The whole statement was about him, and then him giving an excuse for his behavior. Yo, this dude is a G. This dude is a fucking G. Hold on for a second. This guy is such a G. I'll tell you why. Not only did he not apologize, he didn't even take it back. So, exactly. wow. Wow. Exactly. I underestimated this dude. Yeah. That's why he threw in all of that stuff about his family. He used his genealogy to throw off the fact Red that there, there isn't an apology anywhere in this. All this guy Thank did... You was describe what happened, describe his home life, and then tell us about his diabetes. It's the first he thing I noticed. never apologized. Not one apology. Then talks about right, him being so disoriented. I'm a like, lawyer. Like, you... you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a lawyer. lawyer. Damn. I hate hearing that. <laughs> uh, oh, but, oh, but, uh, I hate hearing that. I'm a lawyer. I hate hearing that. Uh, this is amazing. And he got you. Didn't even he did. didn't, and, and 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 not even you. Most people probably were like, "Oh, he put out a statement." Uh-uh. Listen to what he said or read his words. He is not sorry for what he did. Matter of fact, he's excusing it. And then here's my question. So, when your sugar spikes, you're only disoriented for 30 seconds. Did he call the rest of the game? Did he announce the rest of the game? Yes. That, that's all I need to know. From what I know. That's all that's, From that's what all I, know I need he did. to know. I can't be sure about you that. You announced the rest of the game. I can't be sure about that, though. That I'm is, assuming he did. Um, Because old boy who was with him didn't stop him or correct him or say, right. hey, don't say that when he said it. Almost as if, like, this is a normal thing. He says this all the time. Oh, we just got caught saying it. This man is a sorry excuse for a human being. I hope he gets fired. Yes, I'm canceling him. <laughs> just like that? <laughs> Straight up like what that. What about his kids? Because, because He's got two kids. I don't He's care. He's a youth pastor. He's and let me tell you man. something. Go back. You need to go back to being a youth pastor. You need to turn them pages in that <laughs> no, Bible and read some scripture. The last thing he needs to be is a youth you need pastor. To find you don't your, like him. See? You see need how to you, find your way back. You need to find your letting, way back. You're treating this. You won't. You don't want Pastor Carl to be a pastor, but you say this man. I didn't say Pastor Carl couldn't be a pastor. I never said that. I said he shouldn't be leading at that point. Step aside. Step aside. Listen, I wouldn't, if he had said it, maybe, maybe I'd feel I wouldn't say firing if he had actually been remorseful for what he did, but he's not. He didn't apologize. He said nothing to these young women who he completely, completely trashed. And then he made a a sorry excuse for it. Listen, I hope these young women know, I hope that 
I feel so bad for them that they were subjected to this. I hope that they learn from it and they continue to stand up for what they believe in and don't let people like this discourage you. Let the, This is exactly why you're kneeling. This is exactly why for moments That's like right. this. It's very true. Um, speaking of language, Kurt Franklin. <laughs> now this one. Uh, <laughs> this, this, one. Okay. this one. This one. <laughs> it's very funny. It's, it, 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 it's, it's very funny. It's hysterical. We've talked about Kurt Franklin on the podcast before. It's very, it's very funny. It's very hysterical. So, uh, Kurt Franklin's son, uh, Carry On Franklin. I like that name. I love when people. I do too. Carry On. Yeah, Carry On. It's like, hey, Carry On. <laughs> uh, posted a video of Kurt Franklin cursing him out. I'm not even going to attempt to sum up the video. Here it is. Okay, so he put that video out. That's Kurt Franklin. That's I just want to hit not done like a round. You know what I mean? GP, are you with me? Come on. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. So that that's that's uh that's Kurt Franklin cursing this boy out. Now I say boy, use that term loosely. Because what we didn't know when this when this came out is that Carry On is thirty three years old. Okay, um, Kurt Franklin talked about this. He apologized. Mm-hmm. This sparked a debate online about whether or not it is okay to curse at your children in anger. Okay, first of all, what do you think about this Kurt Franklin situation? And then I want to talk to you about. Well, the cursing at the children part. Okay. Uh, yeah, I want to get to that because I wonder, is, was the debate sparked because it was Kirk Franklin who was cursing or just yes. period grown well, people? Because that's, that's my and- thing. Is, are, are, are people making their assumpt- uh, their opinions based on the fact that it was Kirk Franklin? Because I think that's what it was. He's this, you know, award-winning Christian, I don't, do I call him a singer, singer, rapper, songwriter? Choir leader. Yeah, and and yeah. it's the fact that he's it's the Christian side of it, which is why it got the attention. Not because he was necessarily an adult cursing out his grown child. Do you know what got me? You know what the most disturbing part in this recording to me was? What? It wasn't the cursing, it wasn't the yelling, it wasn't even the threat on his life. It was the laugh. The laugh, yeah. The laugh got that was the most cruel. It was somebody else part. that was listening laughed. Yeah, was that was the yeah. most cruel part on Kirk Franklin's side. The laugh yeah, came, from Kirk Franklin, side. came from Kirk Franklin. I don't know who it was, but it came from Kirk Franklin's side. So yeah. at the moment he calls him, he says, Let me tell you about your bitch ass. There is a maniacal laugh in the uh-huh. background. To me, that was more cruel than anything. They were almost as if they were enjoying what was happening. And to me, that just took it to another level for me. Right. I, I was like, oh my gosh, did I hear that right? Had to go back and look at it. I just, listen, my, my thought on this is, I, I, I'm i not even going to look at this from like a, a the fact that he's a Christian in that point of view. It was just like some family business that I didn't need to know. You know right. what I'm saying? Like it to me, it was so sad to see that their relationship had come to that point where this father felt the need to talk to his son like that. And the son felt the need to put it out for public consumption. I just thought, my gosh, how broken is this relationship that now you're letting all of us in on it? That to me was so disturbing. 
Right. This causes civil war. I mean, you're right. I mean, it lets you know how bad things are. Number one, the yeah. fact that he felt like he had to record them, that kind of lets you know. Yeah. So civil war between people that got cursed out by their parents and people who didn't. I didn't know that was it was this many of y'all who didn't get cursed out by your parents. I did not get cursed out. But you never you got surprised? cursed out. You never are you got surprised? cursed out. I did the not judge, get cursed out. The judge, the judge did never not. How did he yeah. reprimand you? Did he just shout Bible lyrics at you? And I <laughs> shall not. Okay. You know what I mean? No. You know, I'm like, what did he do? He, that's not no, what he did. I mean, I got spankings probably right. to like a, I got spankings to an age maybe I'm embarrassed to admit. I'll be honest with you. That, that, that makes a lot of sense because people who, who parents don't curse, uh-huh. they whoop their kids' ass way worse. Yeah. Because definitely. they on some medieval shit. Like they, the, our, our <laughs> okay. parents get mad. It's not like and, I was like, now he put you in a rack. They put you in a rack. You said medieval. It was just simply a belt. It was simply a belt. Rachel, when you get home, doff chains will be around you. Listen, the worst thing was to know it was coming. You already know what's happening. Yeah, I got spanked. That's how things were handled. Yeah, but my mom, the worst cursing I'd ever got, my mom's going to hate this. So in the 12th grade, I dated a girl named Paulette Gray. And her and I, me and Paulette got together. She actually had gone to school with me for a bunch of years, but we got together uh, partly because our mothers were friends. They were realtors, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, me and Paulette's relationship got serious as she was my first adult relationship, right? We were, we were kids. We were doing what kids do. And so, uh, but Rachel, uh, not Rachel, but uh, um, Paulette's mother and my mother had a falling out. Okay. Like, they stopped being friends. But her and I continued to date. They kind of, mm-hmm. they, they, her name was Renee. They kind of, like, went their own separate ways or whatever. Um, wasn't really acrimonious, but they just weren't. So, one day, Paulette's mother calls me over to her house to paint her house. To, like, paint the kitchen. They help me paint. And so I am in their kitchen with a roller painting the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, and it was funny because I didn't know how to paint. And then Paulette's stepdad had to come home and fix it, everything like that. So anyway, I come home, I shower, whatever, whatever, like that. And I get into the kitchen and my mother is like, I know you didn't have your lazy black ass <laughs> in that bitch house. Painting her motherfucking kitchen. And look, st- I'm sitting there like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? My girlfriend's mother asked me to help her. I cannot say no. Nigga, you fucking say no everything I ask you to do. And I realized at that moment that what no cuddly ending to this. <laughs> she was fucking mad. Like she, there was no, there was, there was going to be no way I was going to be able to, it was almost like me being on the Bachelor Nation subreddit. There was no way I was going to be able to like charm my way out of this situation. This woman was pissed. She went so hard on me. I must have been like 17. She went so... Yo, so you were grown. So she I felt was like grown. she could talk to you like that. Yeah, she felt yeah, like... Yeah. And, she, and she and she laid down a set of expectations. And and, I, and Paulette said... I remember Paulette had asked me. She's like, hey, can you come with me to 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 to, to get the, 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 the oil chains on Jeremiah's car? Jeremiah was her brother. And I'm like, fuck no. 
I'll never come. I, I'm, I'll never assist in any way. Ever. Don't ask me for shit. Y'all break the, up? No, we, we dated for all into college. I'm like, if the house is on fire, I won't even call 911. I'll pretend like you can't, don't ask me for shit. I'm never doing that again. My mom let me have it. So all I'm saying is I've been there. It wasn't that big of a deal to me. People were acting like Kurt Franklin was abusive and all of that stuff. The, the worst thing I about mean, it, the worst thing about ahead. it was when Kurt Franklin apologized, he put his video apology out. He said something that's very telling about their relationship. What? He said, as many of you know, I have an older son. That right there told me that that kid's not part of his family. Uh, yeah, I gathered that as well. Yeah. But I feel like I had heard that. And maybe I heard that just being from Dallas, Kirk Franklin's in Dallas. Like, maybe that's just talk around town. But to me, it makes a difference when you're 33. You're 33, right? yeah. Like, who knows what kind of history they have? I'm not excusing it. But the fact that he was talking to a 33-year-old like that, it's yeah. I almost don't even feel right giving an opinion on it because it's family's business, which means it's not ours. Even it's if he not- did let the rest yeah. of us in on that conversation. Kurt Franklin, I tell you what, Kurt Franklin better be able to fight, though. Because he was talking some cash money shit. Wasn't he, though? Yeah, he better be able to fight. That was like you. that. That's that like Napoleon complex. Yeah, he better be able to fight, man. Jesus is not going to be there with them paws getting put on you, Kurt. All right? Like, like, he was talking big talk. Like, you yeah. could tell he's, this conversation has happened before. Yeah, <laughs> like he got the Holy Ghost in his hands. He was talking that cash money <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, are you ready? It is Monday, which means it is time for Vans Various. Various. It's time for Vans Very Serious Question of the Week. Are you ready for this, Rachel? I am ready for this one. Okay. Things are rolling out. Stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It looks like there might be light at the end of the tunnel for this entire sad fucking era we've been in. The question is, for you, Rachel Lindsay. Okay. When will the pandemic be over for you? The pandemic will be over for you when you can do what, go where, do whatever. What to you will signal that this is finally over? This is an easy one for me. When the government says we've reached herd immunity. Just just like that. It's not a good answer. It's you just, know what? I've come to this like, is the, this not, is we've done this a few a times. Good answer. No, we've done this a few times, and every single time my answer is never good enough for you, and I'm okay with that. But let me it's, explain why. If I'm gonna trust the government with a vaccine and that I should be wearing a mask and that I can't go indoors at places and I'm following all these rules, then I'm gonna listen to the government when I feel like the pandemic is over for me. Because it's not over. If I can get a vaccine right now, but I still got to wear my mask, I can't go travel without having to quarantine at work. It's not over for me. So when is it going to be over? When they tell me it's over. Fine. You don't like it. It's not sexy. It's not cute. It's the truth. It's look, here's the thing. First of all, the government isn't making the vaccine. Pharmaceutical companies are. So it's not the government. Okay, but the government bought it and the government is. Then why are we? Okay. So can I, can I. Is it not regulated by by the government? First of all, can we just, this was supposed to be like a playful type, hey, 
when I can go here, when I can do this, I'll finally know that the pandemic is oh, over. Oh, I'm and so you're sorry like, I didn't play by the like, rules. <laughs> when the CDC tells us that uh, we've reached herd immunity. My bad for taking the pandemic seriously. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so taking sorry. it seriously, but like I'm so what? sorry. No, you don't I'm, like I'm not answer. accepting that answer. What, what answer, what will you, what can't you not do now? What can you not do now that, Doing travel. that will signal travel, but travel. you already traveled though. You went to Dallas and you helped. Yeah, sport. but I had to quarantine. Like I want to be able to go to Mexico for the weekend and come back to work on Monday and it'd be fine. Right now I have to sit out at least three days. Right. I take a test. Like that's so regular me, travel. I can't travel. move. I can't move around the way that I want to. Okay. That's good. That's good. That that's is better, that better than is that better than immunity. You, yes. Go ahead. Yes. Your answer better be damn good too. While you're over here talking about needs I, to be I, playful. I, I, I'll be honest with you. This is an easy one for me. Okay. The pandemic will be over for me when I care about my lips being ashy again. Boo. That's the true answer. Seriously. So you've been coming here with ashy lips every podcast. They ashy and they cracked. Look at my look at my look at my mustache right now. That's a Danny Glover. That's a Danny Glover mustache. It's looking that's, a little thicker today than it normally does. Hell yeah! If you look at my mustache right now, that's lethal weapon. That's, that, that, that's I'm telling you, that's straight up lethal weapon. It you think I like give Dan- a, It does look like a Danny Glover. That's lethal weapon. That's Michelle Obama's prom date mustache. You think I give a fuck? There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. I feel no need in any way to make myself look presentable. The moment that I care about looking presentable again, I'll know that this whole thing is over. Okay. I can't answer that because I have to go into work and be on camera five days out of the week. So, you know, I moisturize my lips. You moisturize? <laughs> your lips are ashy. It's, it's an amazing thing. All right, guys. Uh, that's it. Look, be nice to your kids, man. You never know when What do you you're... think you're going to do with your kids? You think you're going to curse them out or no? See, I think I, I, this is a good question. I think I... that... I think that I'll be, I think that I'll curse, but not them out. I don't think, I think that I live too much in the head of my 12-year-old self to ever Mm. feel like I would make a kid feel like I felt at times. Like, you you know what I mean? So I I don't know, though, because then there's like like frustration. Yeah. It won't be a regular practice for me, but I feel like, especially if they're older, there might be one moment where I like really need them to know that I'm serious about what I'm saying. I wouldn't put right. it past me. But I don't plan right. on it. Right. Yeah, so you're not going to put them, they're not going to put them in a guillotine and then, like your parents did to you? Oh, no, sir. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't going to spank them. Mentally, oh, well, I'm not, I don't think I'm spanking. Did you not get, did you not get spankings? <laughs> what? <Tell laughs> okay, because you're talking like, I you got to, spankings. You had to get the switch? Uh, the switch was really out. The my parents went with the new technologies as far as the spankings was concerned. You know, the switch, switch was for grandmas. Like switch when I had to go to my grandma. grandmother's house, it was go get a switch. The thing I, I my great grandmother used to make me go get the switch, but the thing I realized is that if I took long enough to go get the switch, she would fall asleep. <laughs> like if I took long enough, like if I took long enough to go get the switch, like she'll fall asleep. Why is it called the switch? It's a, I don't know, it's a switch off of a tree. You're about to make it. It's a switch off I have no, tree. I have no clue why it's a switch. <laughs> I, I really don't it. know. We say it all the time. We have no idea where it came from. 
Nah, but it's... When we think about this, this shit is wild. First of all, before we go, what's the worst whipping you ever got? When I... (laughs) I was got I was getting real bold, right? I okay. guess I felt like I was trying to be tough. Right. And um I reached over and I s- gave a look back uh-huh. and I grabbed the belt. Like I grabbed it from my dad's hand. Right. And he quickly took it out and like the way it happened the buckle hit me. Uh-huh. So it like was twice as bad. Not only was my spanking longer but then I got hit with the buckle at the same time. Like buckle. out of pure defiance cuz I was like I'm not going to cry. Like yeah. I like I'm too old for this. Right, right. And then I had it. Were you like 25, 26 at this time? No, probably like 17 or 18. I'm yo, kidding. Yo. I'm so kidding. Uh, no, yo, no, <laughs> so yo, kidding. Rachel. I believe you. I'm sorry. I'm I, like, oh my no, god! Please no. don't start that rumor. No, I never I, got spankings no. that that Hell that late. No. I, I never got judge, that. I judge to God, Lindsay I never got looks that like a senior year ass whipper to me. I never got uh, that. Uh, <laughs> yo, I'm telling you. Uh, the worst. That's so fucking funny. Hey, uh, Rachel, did you just uh, Rachel come over here? And let me whoop your ass before you go to work. <laughs> before you clock in at McDonald's. <laughs> so, before you. <laughs> Before you clock in and fucking, uh, uh, tell me about it? the worst one you got. Tell Before you go, before your shift at five seven nine, or, or Claire's five seven nine. Uh, yeah, come over here. Let me whoop your ass real quick. Worst woman I ever got is I was in the seventh grade, and my sister had a friend named Lisa, and I wrote a letter to Lisa, and the letter said all of this vile shit. And then I mailed the letter. Like, like the, vile, like. Oh, it was so like bad. nasty? It was like, bitch, hoe, oh blah, 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 blah. You fucking. In, in my creative way that I could write, I wrote this stuff. But the fact that all, you wrote it, you really meant out, that. That's even more cruel that you wrote, wrote it. Wrote it out. Mailed it. And then went and put it in the mailbox and mailed it. <laughs> and I never forgot, I put the return address. As something that I would never repeat. And then when I went down there, I, the, the male lady was sitting out there in the car. She come out there and she goes, this is not a real address. But she was laughing because of what the address was. She's like, this is not a real, like, it was like 1800 Suck My Dick Avenue or something like that. And it was like, she was laughing. She was laughing. and But she sent it. And I sent it not thinking that mail worked. My, you, you guys think I'm making this up. You can call. my. I will get my mother on the phone and she will cooperate this. We don't think you're making it up. I'm not thinking that this worked. <laughs> I sent it. I sent the thing to, to, uh, to Lisa's house. And one day, I am just in my room. It happens. The mail goes there. The letter gets there. I have no clue. This is like a week Did later Did you or sign it, the letter? They knew it was me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they knew it was me. And one day I'm just laying down and my bedroom door flies open. And it is an enraged Van Terry Lathan Sr. And this nigga lost it. I'm like, number one, Lisa's mother was a lunch lady at our school. 
So my parents were saying all kinds of wild shit, like this woman going to poison you. You didn't threaten her daughter and all of this stuff like that. Remember now, I'm 11 or 12 years old at this point, right? It's like, I'm just fucking around as a kid. He went ham. I remember he hit me and I was writhing around. So he hit me in the face with the belt and I had a big ass welt on my face. And I remember later on that night, I was trying to prominently display the welt to make him feel bad about it. I remember he said with a mouthful of food, he bit a hamburger, right? Because after I got a whipping, I always got a treat. So it was okay, like... definitely it was, did that. I, the best way for me to get the best food in Baton Rouge was to get my ass whooped earlier in the day because my dad, was he's, he's, he always felt bad. So he'd go there, he'd whoop your ass, and then all you'd hear, Van! And then you come in the room, we got some Popeye's chicken. And then me and him would make up. It's like, it's like an Ike and Tina relationship very much in that way. <laughs> Give you some flowers. So I remember he goes and he gets some hamburgers from Fast Track. He comes back and I'm eating the hamburger and I'm trying to display my wealth. And he said with a mouthful of food, he was like, you know what? Keep on. I'm going to whoop your motherfucking ass again. I'm going to whoop your ass again. Y'all make me feel bad. You crazy. Sending that shit to that lady house. You know what? No more food. Get your ass in the room. He took my burger away. And Man, he ate can that I shit ask too. what Lisa did? Nothing. She did nothing. <laughs> you were crazy. <laughs> this is no reason. Like we were not all friends. You, not that you should have a reason to write somebody messages no, like that, but no, hold on, hold on for a second. Cause y'all don't believe me. Hold on. No, man. Hold on. You, we you believe you. You 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 don't believe me. Hold on for a second. Let me get let me get real quick. I know we're going over time. Uh, I'm sorry about this, uh, uh, Jackson. Jackson, but we're about we're we're over time, but I want to make sure that that we get this on here. Why she not gonna remember? Hold on for a second. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I call my sister. She's gonna answer the phone. She's got a she's got met. She's a Metro PCS user, so the the call might not go through. Hold on for a second, because you guys don't believe this has happened. Ebony. Yeah. How are you doing, sweetie? I'm fine. Okay, so I'm doing well. Thank you. You're on the Higher Learning Podcast right now with Rachel Lindsay and Van Lathan. She can't hear me. Hi, Ebony. (laughs) Okay. So look, (laughs) I I just want you to ask true or false. Answer true or false. True or false. Is it true? That in like 1992, I wrote a letter to your friend Lisa that said all kinds of terrible things in it. Then I mailed the letter. The letter got to Lisa's house. She told people that mom and daddy came in and whooped my ass. This feels true. You don't remember this? It feels true. But I don't think it was Lisa. It was Lisa. It was Lisa. It was definitely it was Lisa. Not Lisa. It was it was, de- not Lisa. It was definitely, definitely Lisa. You definitely got in trouble for this, but it was definitely not Lisa. Who was it? Who it was, was Lisa it? for sure. It, it, it was it couldn't have been Lisa. Me and Lisa would have talked about that like a million times. Ask Lisa. Call I'm telling you it was Lisa. It was Lisa for sure. Because remember Lisa's mom worked at McKinley Middle? No, that wasn't Lisa, because Lisa's mom never worked at McKinley Middle. Okay. Who 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 was this? I don't remember, but I remember you... It was Lisa. ...doing a lot of perverted things when you were young. 
Okay, bye. Bye. I love you. Okay. Love Ebony. Now we will question all of your stories. We've been taking them as true. That that actually happened, though. Seriously. No, she said she said it feels true. That was the that, best. that 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 happened for sure. You know what? She said it, she it. said it happened. She said it happened. It just wasn't to Lisa. It was definitely Lisa. And it, it could have been Regina, but it was definitely Lisa. <laughs> uh, but look, you guys, we gotta go. Um, take thin caps off, but do not stop learning. You're gonna want to see the next, uh, you're gonna want to listen to the next higher learning because Oh next- man, should we tell them now? Should we tell them? Yeah, tell them now. Tell them now. We have a very special guest. On the next I feel like learning. I feel like Thought Warriors promoted this, right? We mentioned it once on the podcast. You guys went to his YouTube page, you liked it, yeah. you commented, you gave him some views because somebody else didn't promote him the way we did. We're right. talking about none other than John the Scorpio. John the Scorpio. John oh, the Scorpio. yeah. Oh, John the so Scorpio. Excited. Yep, yep. We're gonna talk to him about what he's been doing, what he thought about this season. Yes, John the Scorpio. We'll have John the Scorpio on the same episode that we finally wrap up The Bachelor. It's over. Yes. So uh, John the Scorpio will be on there. Thank you. Think, take your thin caps off. Do not stop learning. I'm Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. We out. <laughs>